All right. Well, hi, baby brujas. We are back for episode number six. Welcome to the Broke Brujas podcast where we talk about life and being a bruja. And just trying to be a better person, I guess. <laughs> trying I to be. Keyword, keyword being trying. <laughs> yeah. So what are we going to talk about today, Miss Cat? I think you should start off with our quote because that's a great introduction. Okay. okay. So since we are talking today about our inner child and how to heal our inner child, the quote of the day, which we just now decided to start doing, <laughs> is hold the hand of the child that lives in your soul for this child nothing is impossible and the quote was made by or said written i don't know by paulo coelho who's the author of my favorite book the alchemist oh my gosh i just found a book by him that i really started reading wait hold up i need to find this it's so good um Damn, bitch, you stay reading books. You make me feel stupid. <laughs> it's called El Zahir or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Can you tell us what it's about? Is it as good as The Alchemist? It's like the same vibe, but it's like oh. about this guy and his wife that kind of leaves him. So. Oh, dude, I- Paulo Coelho, I'm realizing now he was a witch. Yeah. He's a woke ass author. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I think inner child healing is a really important part of personal growth and just becoming the person that you want to be, but also just like to live your life peacefully, you have to heal your inner child. Like you cannot ignore it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I feel like when, you know, in popular culture, we say a lot like, oh, love yourself, you know, be kind to yourself, be your own best friend. But I think an even deeper level to that is, you know, healing your inner child. Definitely. Yeah. And I also think this episode is going <laughs> to be a lot messier than <laughs> than most <laughs> You know, I think it's time where we just accept that it's okay that we're messy. This is who we are right now, and that's fine. Yeah, you're right, you're right. If you are listening and you can't keep up, like, I'm sorry, neither can we, but here we are. (laughs) Hit the back button. Hit the 15 (laughs) seconds back button. Like, maybe put us on the slow Slow us <laughs> <Yeah>. down. <laughs> no, it's okay. We still won't make sense, but it's fine. We we try. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I had heard the term like inner child healing kind of being thrown around in the spiritual community quite a bunch, but I didn't connect the dots between that term and my own personal story until I went to therapy, <laughs> if we're oh. being quite honest. <laughs> And in my therapy session, my therapy has me doing this, um, like, autobiography, right? And I'm reading it to her. 
And I get to the part where I'm telling her like really specific examples of like traumatic memories that have stuck with me forever that happened when I was a little girl. And all of a sudden I got this like wave of sadness and, you know, this wave of not feeling safe. And I tell my therapist like, wow, I wish older me could have been there to hug her like to hug her close and love her and assure her that she was safe. And she replied to me, you know, you can still go back and do those things. And I think in that moment, I understood what she meant because, you know, if you believe the idea that time is not actually, you know, quote unquote real, and it's really, we only really perceive it in the 3d and therefore that forces us to perceive it in like a very linear way then I think I can also conclude that neither our future nor our past is set in stone right because our past and especially the perception of our past is not stagnant I think we have the power to go back and rewrite it right here right now in the present moment you know I can go back through whatever tool of my choice, you know, whether that is meditation, journaling, doing artwork, and connect with that inner child, you know, connect with eight-year-old me. And when I connect to her, and I reparent her, and I give her everything she needs, I, like, then change my present. And therefore, I also change the course of my past and my future. I don't know. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. So you, so going to therapy has made you realize that you can go back and like heal the hurt parts of you through your inner child. Yeah, exactly. Like I think going to therapy has made me realize that I actually can travel back in time and Like, it's not too late for me to tell that little girl, you know, you are loved, you are enough. Like, I can still do that right now. And by doing that, I'm able to change, like, my present and how I perceive my adult experiences now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out therapy. Dude, I hate it. Well, no, (laughs) I love it, but I hate it. (laughs) Yeah, and it's just crazy to me that I studied, you know, I have a degree in psychology. Like, that's literally what I went to college, university for. (laughs) But none of this was ever taught to me. You know, we take this, like, like, intro to childhood psychology course, whatever. But then after you're done with that course, like, they never really make any prominent connections back to childhood and any other topic in psychology, right? Mm. Like, I really don't think Western psychology places enough of an emphasis on how much our childhood and even to a deeper extent, our family lineage plays a role, like, into who we are now. Yeah. They stress so much that it's about, like, environment and diet and brain chemistry. And that's all true. I'm not saying it's not. But what about the other half of the equation? <laughs> yeah. 
I think like for me, it's not always like important to think of like the specific memory and exactly like what happened to me that's causing how I feel now. But like, for example, the other day I ran into a situation uh-huh. and I someone said something to me and I kind of misinterpreted it and I immediately started noticing like my inner child freak out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The story that I was playing in my head was like, oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. Like, I'm all by myself. This person doesn't care. That was like literally <laughs> the story going yeah. on in my head. And that yeah. comes from the unhealed inner child. That doesn't come right. from like the reality of the situation. Of the situation. Right. Yeah. It's like, no, that's an unhealed part of myself that is trying to be seen and trying to get heard, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when that kind of thing happens, I just have to, like, really listen to my inner child and not really attach, but, like, just notice what am I experiencing right now? Like, the story in my head right now is a little bit off. I'm mm-hmm. also, like, okay, I'm not the type of person, like, only think positive thoughts. Like, no, I grew up Latina. Like, I grew up with a crooked <laughs> ass mind like I grew up judging people <laughs> judging myself come to yes. conclusions like yes. no <laughs> I'm not happy thoughts all the time I <laughs> so it's a part of just like noticing and I think you have to really like pay attention to what your body is feeling too because I don't know for me like you say like more specific memory like you think of a memory and you're able to kind of like be there for yourself but for me it's very in the moment like okay like in the moment yeah my I feel tense in my chest and I feel warm in my cheeks and then it's like comforting that part of myself and just like well but when I say specific memories like it is true that I'm able to bring myself back to those specific memories but they're actually like you know I I've been through as you as you know like I've been through a whole wide array of like big traumatic events but when I'm talking about inner child healing like I'll go back to a memory that was at the surface very insignificant like I don't know let's say uh I was at a birthday party one time and my mom said no you're not allowed to have cake you know Eat mm-hmm. this like diet cookie instead, like something that was so insignificant. But what what was the major theme of that? How did that make me feel? Yeah, I think for me, that's more important than the actual, you know, stupid little two sentence memory that I have. Yeah, because it's, it's why. That. Yeah, it's why did that memory stick with me? Yeah, because I, like, I think there's yeah there's a meaning to that. It's that story that you carry on until now which is like oh I have to be this to be worthy or it's like the story that you told yourself when that experience happened is what you carry if you don't heal it yeah exactly and so I since we're not the greatest at explaining things sometimes (laughs) I went to you know who the holistic psychologist is on instagram hell yeah she's freaking bomb i signed up for her text messages and it changed me oh my god she has text messages yes you need to sign up for it damn i'm about to go sign up after this Mm -hmm. yeah well anyways um so the holistic psychologist like 
you know, her name is Nicole LaPera. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Gosh. <laughs> um, she has a really, like, she has my favorite definition or way to describe, like, inner child. And, you know, she describes it as an inner child is the part of self that does not go away. And it then becomes the lens through which we see our world based on our past experiences. Mm-hmm. So I felt like that was such a great quick little sentence to encapsulate what inner child is. Yes. It's like the story that we're living based on what we've told ourselves in the past Mm -hmm. science, Western psychology. Oh shit. Sorry. I knocked my mic out. (laughs) Uh, Western psychology tells us this, that, you know, the first seven years of a child's life are the most essentially valuable because that's when you retain the most information than any other years of your life. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think most of us, regardless of how much or how little trauma we experienced as kids did not have all our needs met, you know, for some people, this manifested itself through poverty or hunger. And for others, it was, you know, divorced parents or narcissistic parents and then there's people that ha- had all of those, you know, whatever, I think whatever the context, though, the lack of meeting these essential needs causes us to carry around the psychological luggage that was catalyzed early on, you know? It's also like we, I think, learn and also kind of just like human instinct to avoid negative emotions. And Mm -hmm. we're constantly, like, trying to avoid pain. And so when I think uncomfortable feelings come up like this, like, our initial reaction is to kind of, like, numb it or ignore it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To kind of dismiss and, like, invalidate what we're actually experiencing. Yeah. And so I think inner child healing is, like, the opposite of avoidance. And it's, like, going back and comforting the pain and also allowing yourself to experience like stop resisting what you're experiencing and just like allow it. It's funny that you brought up negative emotions because because <laughs> we all know I'm a negative little Nancy. No, just kidding. <laughs> yes. Like we mentioned earlier, like negative emotions are, you know, kind of biological for Right. Us. Right. <laughs> Instinctual. We're not, yeah. We're not dandy. All the time. Yeah. Well, I think because of that, another thing that is important for me to recognize is that none of my childhood trauma is of any specific fault of my parents. You know, Mm -hmm. I think my spiritual needs were never met. My emotional needs were rarely met. But how can I expect those needs to have been met when my parents were never spiritual themselves? Or when they were not even fulfilling their own emotional needs, you know? Yeah, they were too busy dealing with their own trauma and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and and I understand now that they were doing like the best with the tools that they had and that all childhood healing really must come from a place of love and, and understanding rather than resentment and anger towards my parents. But I think mm-hmm. nonetheless even when approaching my healing from a place of understanding, I think the pain is inevitable, right? So I think it's not 
like a, a either or a dichotomy you know I think you can approach things from a place of love and understanding and you know light and there's still going to be pain that's attached with it yeah um and when I was writing that I I had like the vision of you know like a teenager when they wake up with like physical pains associated that with you know growing their physical Uh, bodies yeah you know like especially boys their their legs hurt or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> cuz they grow so fast and we call those growing pains and i think spiritual and emotional healing is comparable to that because there's a lot of growing pains along that journey right of rediscovering who you are of reparenting yourself of you know healing your inner child there's a ton of growing pains like Pretend you're constipated and you're taking the shit out. <laughs> like, Yeah. It's, it's going to feel amazing once it's done. Well, not that it's ever done, but, you know, once you're cleared, but, but while but you're getting going it through out. it, yeah, getting it out <laughs> is a painful part. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. So what are some ways that you, like, listen to your inner child? How do you know, like, when your inner child is, when do you know when you need to address it and help her? Uh, I think, like how you were saying earlier, when there's situations that really are not all that important or all that special, but I have, like, I react in in ways that are not proportional to the situation, you know? Mm-hmm. So the other day, um, I have this lady at my job who just has a different communication style than me. And I made a boo-boo at work, right? And she was like, gosh, Carla, like, can't you read the contract? And sure, that was snarky. But to me, that immediately put me in a, oh, my gosh, you're so right. You're so stupid. Like, how, why don't you ever double read shit? Like, you know, this, like, super negative downward spiral. You started replaying the story that you maybe felt. Well, I felt like it was my stepdad saying, you know, gosh, Mm -hmm. don't you know how to read? Yeah. You know, because that's, that's definitely... Maybe not with those. No, yeah, with those exact (laughs) words, I'm sure. He's told me that growing up, you know? And it it was the feeling that it brought back to me of of not feeling, you know, competent enough ever. Or not ever having, you know, the confidence to to speak up. Even when I know it's something I'm more than qualified to do, you know? Yeah. And more importantly, like, yeah, I, I am going to mess up and it's okay. Most, most people don't react the way my stepdad did. And even if they do, that's not about me. That's about them. Mm-hmm. So it, it's in those moments that I have to, like, Carla mom comes in, right? And she needs to, quite literally for me, you know, say my words of, like, my inner healing 
words of affirmation, you know? And those, to me, like, those mantras, sayings, whatever you want to call them, are usually something along the lines of, you know, I love you, I hear you, you are safe, you are enough, um, I will always be a home to you. Just these little sentences that you tell yourself to kind of bring yourself back to the present moment, bring yourself back to your adult body. And also to like validate your experience because it's okay to, you have to like honor that hurt part of you and know that it's okay and comfort yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are some ways you, you know, reparent yourself? Yeah. Reparenting is tough because like I mentioned earlier, like our kind of initial reaction is to avoid pain. And so I struggled. I still struggle sometimes because I'm not perfect, but like addictive tendencies, like numbing my pain mm-hmm. um, with drugs, alcohol, boys, whatever, food, um, different <laughs> things. That's like some I chocolate see- croissants. <laughs> yeah. I like that was me trying to soothe myself. Right. But now like I have to really like honor what I'm experiencing and pay attention. And like you said, like use mantras, like I am safe. It's okay. You are loved, whatever. Tell myself, kind of comfort myself. And then if I need to like do an energetic release, I don't know, like sometimes cry or I have a punching bag. Sometimes I'll punch things, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but like just to physically release it, but then to like reparent myself, I have to like use my triggers as a guide to like see what's the narrative that's going on. Like what's the story I'm telling myself right now? Okay. The story is I am not loved. Right. And then taking that like, okay, it's okay to feel that way. And then choosing to respond instead of react is like important. That's kind of how I Mm -hmm. like reparent myself and get myself back on the right track. Um, Because when you make an empowering choice, you kind of inspire yourself and you fuel your soul's energy. Choices like numbing pain and avoiding those just kind of take your fire away they deplete your energy but if you make choices that nourish your soul you give yourself the confidence to like fuel your journey to a happier life and to feel more peace yeah so yeah and uh you know another thing while you were talking like things that I do to heal my inner child is You know, one of the cool things about being an adult is that you are your own parent, right? So I allow my inner child to come out and play once in a while, you know, and have fun. As a kid, I was shamed for wanting things or for doing certain things. So, you know, whether that was... You weren't allowed to have needs, Right, exactly. You know, I wasn't allowed 
to cry. I wasn't allowed to complain. I wasn't allowed to not like situations or people. Um, I You weren't allowed to feel and be human. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, now that I'm grown up, I, you know... I don't know. I can have cake before dinner or just have cake all day and nothing else. Or I can stay up past my bedtime if I want to. Or I can hang out with whoever I want to. I'm allowed to not always be doing something productive. I'm allowed to cry in public. You know, Um, I think that those are such small things that we do on a daily basis that some might consider like, oh binge eating or not controlling your emotions and granted if you do that every day then we have a problem but if you do that in balance then that's letting your inner child take over for a minute or an hour or a day however long you need it to you know because I think just in general children have a lot to teach us and so when we channel our our child side our inner child then we can teach ourselves it's a two-way street right but when do you think like because I think I don't know for me I've just like struggled a lot with like soothing myself with the wrong with the wrong things yeah (laughs) to make the wrong choices yeah like and that's I feel like a way of survival I don't feel like that's a way of living I feel like when you're in survival mode, you're, like, trying to numb and cope, which is, like, fine because in certain situations, that's fine. But when I think when that becomes, like, your habit, it you avoid facing what you really need to heal. Right. But I think what sense. you said – yeah, and I think what you said, like, the key word here being habit, habit and pattern mm-hmm. – So when it becomes a habit or a pattern, then that's a problem. But when you do it, you know, sporadically or, you know, however, I don't want to put a number on how often you do it. But when you do it, when you need to, then that's not your, we're going back to, you know, having your needs met. You're meeting your own needs at the moment. And you know, who's to say that one coping mechanism is better than another, you know? I think that <laughs> no, coping, no coping mechanism is bad in moderation, you know? Yeah. I think, yeah, it's a part of gr- the growing process, too. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it doesn't always have to, you know, when we think of, oh, coping mechanism – for that children do we we might think of something super impulsive like I don't know eating stuff you're not supposed to uh, eat drinking when you know you're not supposed to drink drugs like all these like negative things but also think about you know going to the park going to the beach um getting frozen yogurt uh buying I don't know a ring just because you like the color of the ring or you know something silly like that getting your friend like a silly postcard those are all things that I would do as an eight-year-old and that I like enjoyed doing and those are things that I stopped doing for a while because I thought that you know if it wasn't bringing me 
money, good grades, or, you know, social pleasure, then it wasn't worth doing, you know? Yeah. And now I'm starting to, now actually, like, my favorite things to do are basically all the things I just said, you know, like, silly little kid things. And it just, it makes me feel so light. Like, I don't always have to think about what's next. I think, yeah, that's a really good point. Because when you do things in the moment that bring you energy, that's a way to heal your inner child. So, like, doing things like going to the park or talking to a friend if that's like giving you energy, that's healing for your inner child and also your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I think just sitting with yourself in the moment and asking yourself like, okay, what can I do for myself right now? That would like lighten my spirit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what are some things for you that you've noticed have gotten better for you when you started this healing process? Let's see. I think I'm a lot better at just like being able to sit and be uncomfortable and in pain, you know, I Mm -hmm. don't, I'm not like, because yes, I, (laughs) I used to be an impulsive person that would just like (laughs) try to avoid pain Mm -hmm. at all costs. Mm -hmm. because feeling wasn't okay when I was younger and so I got really used to not trying to not feel and so something that I've gotten better at is just like sitting with myself in discomfort and then being able to notice what I'm experiencing and I think that's a big step when you go from like not knowing that feeling is okay to like understanding your emotions and where what is triggering them and how you can grow from them and learn from them. Mm-hmm. What about and you? What about, well, I was going to ask what aspects of, you know, who you were as a child have helped you come to that realization? What aspects of myself? <laughs> of your, like of who you were as a child, you know? I don't know. What about you? <laughs> well, um, I think, you know, some noticeable things that I, have seen within myself when you know now that I started doing this whole reparenting um being kind to my inner child you know model is first and foremost my anxiety you know my anxiety used to be through the roof like for everything and don't get me wrong like I'm still very (laughs) I'm still a jittery ball of anxiety here and there but I think as as a whole I'm able to you know, be a lot more in the present moment because to be honest, yeah, I am a really good mom to myself. You know, I, you know, as one of my mantras, like I mentioned before is I will always be a home to you. So no matter what happens, I always have myself to come home to. Mm -hmm. And yeah, once in a while I need to do spring, spring cleaning and I need to remodel here and there. But in general, like, dude, I'm a pretty cool ass house to live in (laughs) yeah Um, and I think also things that have gotten better that also go hand in hand with anxiety is you know my ability to let things flow you know I I don't I'm a huge planner 
again, going back to my childhood, um, I'm a huge planner and it gives me a sense of peace to plan things and to get shit done. But, you know, sometimes you can't plan for everything. You have to let things flow and let things change and let things take its course, right? Totally. And I think more importantly, I've, you know, gained a deeper understanding of who I am. Um, I, you know, prior to my healing journey, I swore up and down that, like, I never wanted kids. I I thought I feared the concept of having kids and being My God, alone. I remember when but you I think would now say I re- that. What? I remember when you would say that, like, I don't want kids. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? I'd, I would, I remember being, like, 15, 16 and being, like, oh, my God, I think I'd rather be dead than have kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and now I realize that what I actually feared is the idea of bringing kids into the world and me not being able to provide them with a beautiful, like, solid foundation, you know? I, I yeah. feared not being good enough for them. So in my simplistic, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old thinking, um, I said, well, you know, if I'm going to mess up, then I'd rather just not even try. Uh, And I had that mentality, not just for motherhood, but for a lot of other things. And through my inner child healing, you know, I've now come full circle with my relationship to motherhood. You know, like now one of the things I look forward to the most in this life is having my own babies and I know that even though I come equipped with more tools and knowledge than my parents had my kids will still have their own healing journey to live and learn through you know that's life but I think Mm -hmm. I think I'll feel accomplished as a mother if I love them and taught them to the best of my abilities and with where I was at at the moment, you know? Mm-hmm. I have learned to let go a lot, like letting go of roles that don't serve me. I think that when you do inner child healing, you look back at what dynamics you were in in your childhood And because I grew up with parents who were not super emotionally or spiritually mature, uh, there were many times where I assumed the role of a mother for them, but mostly for myself, you know? So I remember as a little girl, I would pressure myself to, you know, being the best in school, getting the best grades, going to bed on time, making sure my homework was done. And I think in turn, I got so good at being my own mother that I replicated that same dynamic with other people later on in life. So with my friendships and, you know, romantic partners. And I think now as adult Carla, the the work is in reparenting that inner child and allowing her to break free from serving roles that don't belong to her you know yeah a really big part of inner child healing I think is like relearning things and unlearning things that don't serve us anymore Mm -hmm. like maybe that served you as a child because you had to get good grades and do whatever to be accepted in the house but maybe as an adult that shows up as like 
working yourself too hard and mm-hmm. burning yourself out. So you have to like, what is no longer serving me and how can I like replace it with something that serves me now? Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, that's a great example that you brought up, like the translation between school and then being, you know, the way I am at work, because this whole weekend, you know, I took a weekend, a day off, I took Friday off. And this whole weekend, I was, I I would catch myself thinking like, oh, my God, on Monday, I'm gonna have so many things to do when I get back, you know, and then being like, you know what, I think it's fine. I'm just gonna work like overtime every single day. And that way I'll make up for, you know, taking a day off. But then I would like come back to myself and being like, no, that is, you know, little, little Carla trying to get all her homework done and making sure her notes were right. And, you know, so she wouldn't, so she would have acceptance from her parents because that was one aspect that they seemed to be proud of me in my schoolwork. And, So to me, I hung on to, you know, school performance as the one thing that I could do right. Yeah, performance mentality. Yeah, yeah. and then there would be peace in the house. Um, And now it's like, well, no, I'm not going to work overtime. I'm not going to do all these things because who do I have to gain acceptance from now? Myself. Very good. Wow. I don't know why I said it like that, but like healing is so beautiful, honestly, because you realize like, okay, like that doesn't work for me anymore. And like, Mm -hmm. it's okay to change also. Like you don't have to be the same person you were when you were trying to survive. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's going to be a million different versions of myself and that's okay, you know? I'm allowed to reinvent myself however many times I need to. Uh, <laughs> I'm allowed to mess up a million times, you know? Because as cheesy as it sounds, there's always a tomorrow to get it right again. And Very true. there's no one scolding me behind my back anymore, you know? Um, now that I have new parents, I've come under new management of this person called... Uh, Carla Cisneros. <laughs> um, she's she's okay with me messing up, and she'll teach me if I do. Uh, and yeah, it's just I don't know. It's an ongoing process, but I think like really tuning into the moment and like acknowledging what you're experiencing, and just like n- labeling it so you know what's going on because we can also be like, okay, I'm feeling like whatever right now, but like take the time to be mindful and present with what you're experiencing it, what you're experiencing. And then I think it gives you like more courage to kind of like deal with it instead of numb it or avoid it. Or like it gives you more courage to like choose growth. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> damn that sounds like it could be like a little like uh, podcast Should we put it on a fucking t-shirt yeah that's, <laughs> if we ever drop a little podcast merch line one of the t-shirts has to say hashtag choose growth <laughs> yeah honestly because <laughs> no it's so true and every moment you can either choose growth or you can choose to repeat old patterns yeah 
And I think that's what's so trippy about this whole, like, life experience is that (laughs) the universe, source, life, whatever you want to call it, like, it has no rush. You will learn your lesson when you need to learn your lesson. And Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like, whether that's in this lifetime or the next one or the one after that, like... It's it's big chilling with you messing up because it has all the time in the universe. <laughs> yeah, you also have to, like, be gentle with yourself and work with yourself. I think that's why it's good to kind of, like, label the hurt part of yourself as, like, your inner child because you're definitely, like, would be kinder to a child than you are to yourself. And so when you, like – yeah work with yourself instead of against yourself and, like, validate your experience – like, how would you talk to a little girl, you know? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be like, get your shit together right now. You'd be <laughs> like, okay, it's okay that you're overwhelmed right now. Yeah. And, like, what do you need right now? So, yeah. No, because we gentle. perceive, yeah, because we perceive children as being more vulnerable as, you know, needing a lot more patience and love and just positive feelings from us because I think even if we're not even if people aren't psych majors we understand that you know those these are the most impressionable years of their life and you need to overcompensate with positive positivity (laughs) it's a wild ride what it was your favorite childhood show to watch um I really liked Lizzie McGuire yeah Lizzie McGuire was a good one what else like that's so Raven was pretty dope too <laughs> yeah dude that's so Raven is hella cool she was hella psychic and look where dude, we are now, yeah Carla. she was a fucking witch bro <laughs> yeah no she was literally like, clairvoyant yeah crazy little did we know <laughs> <laughs> that I, I'd be having visions myself. <laughs> I hope I don't yeah. look as stupid as her when I'm like spazzing out into different dimensions. <laughs> into nothingness, but into so much yeah. consciousness. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. What was yours? Mm, well, I think when I was like little, little, I was definitely one of those like Disney princess ass bitch. And I loved, like, Aladdin. Like, I really wanted to be Jasmine. And then I loved Mulan. Uh, And then as I got a little older, I think, I loved Wizards of Waverly Place. Oh, yeah, that was a good one, too. (laughs) But that was also about, like, magic and wizards. And sometimes that one would scare me a little bit. <laughs> It'd get a little too spooky for me. I'm not gonna lie, dude. Um, what what was like movies like uh, I don't know, like the fucking the witches movie, like the Disney always movie. the Halloween Disney ones. I could not watch them. They yeah, yeah, they used to freak <laughs> me out too. But now I get that same feeling, like when I don't know, like I think I'm all tough, like communicating with you know my 
my spirit guides and shit but sometimes I feel like not so positive energies and I get that same feeling I did when I used to watch scary Halloween movies I'm like yeah never mind never mind turn it off (laughs) I'm like oops yeah (laughs) that's not what I meant yeah oh my god it's crazy how like the more things change the more you realize that you are the same person and you will always be the same person (laughs) yeah we should do a day of like inner child being our inner child for a day we should oh yeah cute yes damn i wish you lived with me I know. <laughs> we would have chocolate croissants for breakfast. <laughs> I know. Like, shoot, would that be good, actually? <laughs> no, I think now we're grown enough, we would facilitate each other's growth. But yeah, a couple yeah. years ago, not so much. <laughs> We'd facilitate each other's avoidance <laughs> and numbing strategies. Hey, but that's all we knew, baby. That's all we knew. It's true. At that time, that was serving us. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I'll let you go. (laughs) I don't know. I'm so dramatic. (laughs) I guess I'll see you in another lifetime, baby. Um, Dear Catalina, I am writing to you from the comfort of 500 miles away from you. I hope to see you again before I die. Thank you. <laughs> Is that what yeah. you want to reply to? Like, <laughs> I had written three page letter. No, I'd be like, catch Thank you on the you. flip side. <laughs> in cursive, though, in cursive. Yeah, yeah. XO, XO. <laughs> oh my God, the fucking XO. <laughs> oh my God, the XO, XO gets me every time. But I love it at the same time. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're off the rails again. Okay. Okay. Well, well, thank you for tuning into this episode. And I hope that you take the time to validate your inner child and all yeah. of the parts of yourself because they just want to be seen. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they just want to be heard. I know. Yeah. And yeah, I just hope everybody, like you said, really takes the time to get to know or remember, remember is the correct word, remember who they were as children and try to, you know, incorporate as many things as they can, you know, that they enjoyed while they were little. Mm-hmm. Now, did that make any sense? I also hope that we made sense in this episode. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And change your story if it's no longer serving you. But we can do like different. We'll talk about that later. I feel like we talk about 20 things at the same time. I know. That's one of my biggest insecurities that we'll say. We're talking about one thing, but we really end up talking about 20 different things. It's fine. We are a wide, you know, we're really. We're Renaissance women. We're Renaissance women. Yeah, we we do it all. We do it all. (laughs) All right. Good to go. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.